Welcome to Football Neophyte, where an American who knows a lot about sports, but little about soccer, uh, football, journeys through the 2018-19 English Premier League season to discover a team to root for. I'm your host, Nate Hughes. Alright, welcome to the first official, real, amazing insert hyperbolic phrase here, episode of the Football Neophyte. I'm very excited today because joining me is my good friend, colleague, diehard baseball friend, and all-around great guy, Tim Hoyland. Tim works with uh, the nonprofit One Mission. He's a husband to Katie, a father to his dog Gus, a writer, a reader, a super fan of the Seattle Mariners, which they are in extra innings right now, and he's graciously stepped away from the game to join us for this. But most importantly for this podcast, he is a Liverpool Football Club supporter. Tim, thanks for joining me so that I don't have to walk through this podcast alone. It's a joy and a privilege <laughs> to be here with you today. Since, since we work together, actually, we are sitting here in uh, a boardroom where we office in downtown Phoenix. It's the end of our workday, not quite the end, uh, but our, our president's in Canada, our finance director is somewhere in Mexico. I think he's gone missing. He has gone missing. We haven't seen him for weeks. Uh, our CEO is not in the office. We are really, we're doing this on One Mission's dime. So I think officially we have our first sponsor of the podcast. I think so. All right. So uh, to honor that sponsor, go to onemission.org slash donate, and you can contribute right now. Thanks to One Mission, our Absolutely. sponsor. All right. So Tim, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and ultimately, like, how did you become a Liverpool fan? Yeah. Well, um, I grew up in Guatemala, which is a soccer-crazed country, though they've never really had much success to speak of. Okay. So that's a problem. But, um, but I grew up surrounded by soccer, and uh, for whatever reason, baseball was kind of my first love when it came to sports. So um, my first real memories of watching soccer closely were the 94 World Cup. That is um, all which I know a lot of Americans as well, uh, but even down there, that was that was the first World Cup that I remembered. I remember following it closely. Um, so it's more recent that I've paid any attention to club soccer, and so it was uh, it was back I think five years ago. NBC got the rights to Premier League, okay. and so at that point I was like, all right, it's, it'll actually be realistic to watch games, to pick a team to follow, like. I've never really had cable, and so it's this is it made sense. This is the time to do it, right? So, um, so kind of like you, I set out to do a little bit of research and kind of look into some of the teams. And I don't know that I had all the same criteria <laughs> that you have uh, for picking a team. Definitely not all the same criteria. But um, colors didn't matter to you. Yeah, I think colors mattered. I mean, there's some like weird striped kits that wouldn't have particularly appealed to me, but. The striped ones are some of the best. Yeah, well, know. personal opinion, there I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to look. I started by looking at maybe the top, you know, five or six teams. Yeah. And uh, clubs, and um, and so I just did a little bit of research on some of them, and I already had some inklings going in. I think like you, Manchester United had a reputation that I was aware of coming in, and 
that appeals to some people. doesn't necessarily appeal to me. But um, what, what set Liverpool apart for me, well, one was I had this memory back in 2005. I was backpacking in Italy with a couple buddies. I took out an extra school loan. It was during my like, summer before my final semester of college. It's a good American Took out an to extra do. school loan yep. to be able to pay for a backpacking <laughs> trip. Very well spent well done. money. Um, and so we were in Venice, and we were in this flat, and uh, we shared it with this group, and they turned out to be from Liverpool. But they weren't there when we got there, but then like that night they came in late, and they were making a ruckus, and the next day they were still making a ruckus, and so we're like, who are these people? So we went and talked to them, and they uh, turned out they had just flown in from Istanbul, this is the summer of 2005, and it was they were there for the Champions League final, which is one of the definitely a high point in Liverpool's history. And which was against AC Milan, right? Against AC Milan, which is my traditional victory. my traditional team, AC Milan. But okay. again, just to show how little I know, I had no idea until today. I was reading about some history of Liverpool, and I thought, oh. AC Milan beat Liverpool in the Champions League finals in 2005. Yeah, so there you yeah. go. All and right. then Milan beat them in 07. So okay. So faced each other again. Oh, wow. All right. But uh, anyway, so um, so that was that was something I think even just seeing them celebrating, thinking, man, they're a jovial bunch. <laughs> so that definitely lodged in my mind as I was starting to think of teams and so again, I did research different teams, but with Liverpool, there were a few things that really stood out to me. So one was the anthem that everybody knows about, You'll Never Walk Alone. It's a classic, uh, classic song that different clubs have used at different times, but it's really become Liverpool's song. And just the, the semblance of the, or the, the meaning of the song is sort of like, things will go wrong in your life all around you, but... Uh, you'll never walk alone. It's and, beautiful. It's um, so it's it's a pretty cool anthem as far as sports anthems go, you know, with meaning and stuff. So that was one part of it. As I learned about the history of this club, like there's some real tragedy with this Hillsborough massacre where all these fans died, um, and there was sort of a cover up and all this huh. weird stuff. So there's this sense of like solidarity through suffering. Uh Um, but also lots of high points as well when the team was really dominant. So, um, there's this, I think we all can relate to whether you're a Liverpool fan or not. Right. We, we long to be with people and we long to have the security that comes from knowing like amidst tragedy, amidst heartache, uh, we won't be alone. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. And there's really, I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of it, but, um, at the local, the local pub where we watch games, um, there is this kind of weird, almost like religious hmm. environment. And um, for me, Liverpool is not a religion, but for some people, I think it almost borders on that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really something to be part of. And I think even apart from uh, attaching ultimate meaning to it, it's a really, it's a meaningful thing to be part of. So, yeah. Um, so that, and I think just as I've learned about the town of Liverpool itself, I've never actually been there, but um, I've never been outside of Heathrow in England, but um, so I need to do that at some point. But what I've learned about Liverpool, the city is kind of this blue collar port town that's sort of a melting pot with Irish and Scottish and who knows what else. 
um, Roger Bennett, who I think you yeah. have slated for a later podcast. Yes, Roger Bennett. Um, I'm saving Everton for you. <laughs> I will wait till the end of the season to feature Everton. Waiting for you, Rog. I think it's his, his. He's got some family that are like Lithuanian, and they ended up in Liverpool. So it's this sort of uh, melting pot. So as an American, I think we have some sort of yeah. affinity with uh, a place like that. So we used to. We used I guess to. we'll keep yeah. the uh, the political and we will again. out of here. We, we will, will again. again. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, those are just some of the reasons why Liverpool uh, jumped out to me, and I, I and I enjoyed it. watching the players at the time. Um, Gerard was was still there. It was kind of the twilight of Gerard's career, and he was a great guy. Um, and Sturridge, who's made a resurgence, was yeah part of that club. Uh, so anyway, all right. So you know that the biggest thing Liverpool has going against it is the color red. I desperately want to choose a club that's blue at best, but not red. I mean, even the fact that their like nickname is the, the Reds, Reds, like it's just they don't try to hide it. I and they, nor should they. Right. But for me, I'm love the color blue I want to support a blue team yeah. most of the teams I hate in other sports are blue and That's so true. I would enjoy well, I, I did I did wonder though at, at, like knowing about your your blue preference even thinking about baseball I wonder if there's this as a Giants fan I wonder if you have deep down in you this like hidden oh, love no. of the Dodgers Ugh. Are you really? Like, this is your way of winning me onto the Liverpool side? I, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. They do have beautiful okay. uniforms, though. No, I can I appreciate beauty. And I don't know what to tell you. I, I think um, the well, color, just, the color red, tell me about the the color color. red is not offensive to me. <laughs> I don't mind looking at it on a television. I will say this. When I purchased a kit yep. um, maybe two years ago, I got one of the alternate ones, which was all black, which I love the color black. I mean, yeah. I also love the color blue. That's a good color. Yeah. Well, let but, me so just say. So personally, you would not necessarily have to wear red. That's you'd, a good point. You'd have to be surrounded by red. That's fine. And you'd have that's to watch fine. it on TV, but you wouldn't necessarily have that's to fine. wear it. Okay. Well, I, that's, that's great, but I need you to give me the hard sell on why, why I should follow Liverpool. Why? I mean, you've given me some good reasons already, but... Uh, Feel free to throw blue teams under the bus, do whatever you need to do, <laughs> but give me the hard sell on Liverpool. That's your role here. I mean, if you if you choose Liverpool, you'll never walk alone. Now, I think, I mean, I, I when we've talked about this a little bit before, I do have some things I could say about the other clubs. I mean, I don't, it's more about what why Liverpool is great rather than why the other, why the other teams are, are not great, but... I mean, we can talk a little bit about that. Well, the I mean, thing that always stands out to me is, like, I can't get over your plastics thing about yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, Because yeah. Chelsea's appealing to me. Yeah. And ever since you threw that out to me, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, can I call myself a plastic? I mean, I'm sure they don't ever refer to themselves no, as No, they wouldn't right? refer to themselves as that. My understanding of that was, like, the, the team um, – so – European and, and English soccer fans are rabid, right? Yeah. Just yeah. like passionate fans. And they bring their signs and their banners and their scarves and they yell and sing and get drunk and just there. It's a yeah. full body experience. Yes. And so the, the rumor was, or the story goes, that, that Chelsea, the organization, um, handed out these plastic flags to Chelsea uh-huh. fans so that there would be some semblance of life and color in the stands. And I don't know exactly if that's the whole story. When you have uh, Gabe on, I'm sure he'll tell you a different story. But 
Um, that's my understanding of where it started, that it's sort of like as a symbol for this club of kind of rich Londoners who maybe like can't like would be a little bit ashamed to wear their heart too much on their sleeve. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what Liverpool does. What Liverpool it's like fans, the antithesis of Liverpool. Liverpool almost. fans. And that's, and I will say this. So when, when people criticize Liverpool fans, um, it's often because they consider us melodramatic, uh-huh. wear our heart on our sleeves. We imbue everything with meaning. It's like not everything has to have meaning. Maybe sports can just be fun. Yeah. That's the criticism, uh-huh. right? Um, which, okay, I can understand that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the idea of Chelsea, that with them having to hand out plastic flags to their fans so that they can get into it, is kind of, to a Liverpool fan, that's kind of like, come on, guys. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. That makes sense. Anything else? Uh, anything about this current club? I mean, this is the yeah. year I'm choosing, so... This is, I mean, as, this, I, li- as yeah. I listen to everything, as I'm listening to other podcasts, I'm doing my research, I mean, this seems to be Liverpool's year, yeah. right? It's, Which, in some ways, works against them, because I said I wouldn't choose the team that wins it all. But it seems still like Man City is the clear favorite, but as I listen... Almost all the other predictors are saying Liverpool and number two. So, well, and it could very well be that this appearance of mine on your podcast is futile because you know (laughs) we'll just run away with it and then it'll be a moot point. That's true. But no, I think Manchester City is just as good as they were last year, right? Like they haven't really lost anybody, and I know they've signed at least one good player. Um, And it's just a question of whether that can be repeated. Like that last year was just so amazing for them. Yeah. Um, but if there was one team that they had trouble with, it was Liverpool. Yeah. And uh, and Liverpool has loaded up, so it is kind of a. But we me, don't we don't need to get into this now. But that within the structure of English Premier League soccer, because there's no like final championship game, it kind of doesn't matter as long as they're able to beat more teams than Liverpool sure. does, yeah, right? Absolutely. In some ways, so, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think. I think there's a lot of pressure on Liverpool this year. Yeah. I mean, there's pressure on Manchester City as well. Anytime well, there's a, defen- a, a defending money, champion, right? Like, right, like right. They goal. spent a ton of money, and that that's been kind of the thing. Is Liverpool has been, they've always been one of the bigger clubs, but in recent years, I mean, they haven't won since the Premier League has been called the Premier League. They haven't won that yet, uh-huh. and that's over 25 years. What does it used to be called? Uh, I forget. Uh-huh. I don't okay. know. I'm an, Amer- I'm an American. <laughs> football supporter there you go so i don't soccer know. supporter. Yeah, i'm a soccer guy so i forget what it used to be called well, but tell me what you, tell me what i should what what should i be looking for i mean i already watched yeah. the game and we'll talk a little bit about that but tell me like what are some of the things like as i watch more games matches this this year that i should be looking for so jürgen klopp his style of football is wonderful it's it's full throttle exciting Pressing, um, there's just there's constant movement, there's constant activity, and um, when you've got really good players doing that, it's really exciting to yeah. watch. So, I mean, we've seen even in the World Cup, right? You see some teams that are just very clinical, and I think Spain, right, who passed like a thousand times in one game. Yeah, that's a very different brand of soccer yeah. or football, um, and it can win. I mean, that's the thing. Just because it's exciting doesn't mean it will. Yeah. ultimately prevail but it is really fun to watch and uh, Liverpool did really well last year they've loaded up they should be even better this year um, but 
if they don't, that'll be a big disappointment, right? Yeah. If they don't take a big step forward. So um, I think there's I think there's some pressure, but hopefully they can stay loose and make yeah. it happen. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, Mo Salah is yeah. just a delight to watch. Fun and to watch. Mane, Firmino, um, some of the guys who were around last year. Um, and obviously with the big signings this year, it's a lot of, a lot of exciting players to watch. Yeah, well, let's talk about the game. So I watched the match. Yep. I had almost a full half without my kids there. So most of my observations are from the first half, but then they all woke up and I was all over the place. So uh, a couple things that stood out right away. Shakiri's one of their big signings. Yep. Doesn't start. Yep. And then Sturridge as well is not a starter. Right. What, why, why, didn't they, why didn't they start? So Shakiri, my understanding was I had heard that right when they signed him um, that he would be a guy coming off the bench. Okay. They wanted to have some depth. I mean, we even saw, um, you know, in the Champions League final when Mo Salah went down, the team kind of fell apart just because there wasn't depth at that position. So I think they've tried to deepen. And do they play deep- the same position? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. No. Um, but just just in general, they want to deepen the team. Yeah, deepen the, You know, have a stronger bench. So... Um, so I'm sure he'll start some games, especially with them playing Champions League. They'll um, they'll be playing a lot of you know on three days rest and stuff. Well, so they'll be an, mixing it up. I'm sure. As an American, like the highlights are what stand out, right? My limited right. knowledge of the right. game. So I watched some of their match. I guess it was against Man U, right, in the International Champions Cup or whatever that game was. Which uh, one? I don't know. It was one of the Ameri- the games they played in the States oh, yeah, this year yeah. where Shakiri had the bicycle yeah. kick yeah, for yeah. a goal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I watched that game. I'm like, this guy surely is going to be a yeah. starter, and then I don't see him starting. Yeah. So, okay. Well, well I mean, in the Champions League final, you had Gareth Bale coming in off the bench for uh, Real Madrid scored a, an identical bicycle kick. There you go. So yeah. really good clubs yeah. have great guys on the bench. Okay. But Sturridge, I mean, you mentioned him too. I mean, he, he was really, really strong several years ago, and then it's kind of... Uh-huh. Kind of struggled a bit, um, but seems to be making a resurgence. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, his preseason games were really strong. So and he scored the goal. He the scored bench, that right? goal kind yeah. of a minute in. He, he was, was averaging uh, ninety goals a game for that first minute. That's right. Goal, right? That's right. So um, tell me about Alexander Arnold. He seemed to be out there. I mean, he was in the action a lot. I noticed he took some free kicks, which surprised me. Yeah. Um, he seemed to be doing a lot of aggressive like his crosses seem to be not very good those were the two things i noticed about him like he took the free kick which surprised me yeah and then i watched him make some crossing passes that were long and not accurate yeah so tell me a bit about him yeah so um so he's really young i forget exactly how old but like 19 or 20 maybe 21 at this point but very young very talented still raw in some ways You, you saw some of the rawness um, but I've heard some people rumor that he could be a future captain of the, of the club. So he's definitely highly regarded. I think Klopp likes him a lot and the style of play meshes well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they, uh, on the corners, I don't know, or on the, was it corners? No, they or? weren't corners. They were just crosses like during the middle of play. But on the, it was free kicks is, is what you were. No, I said, I saw him, ta- I saw him take some free kicks. Yeah. And I was surprised. I yeah. thought maybe one of the bigger stars would be. And that's why I think that he probably just, they want to keep those guys in the mix for headers and Got it. to cross the ball in. So. That makes sense. Okay. 
Um, and I don't know what minute it was, but it was in the first half. There was like this referee interference thing, and I didn't understand that very well. Do you mm. remember that play? Yeah, I, there was like a they were in the attacking side, kind of knocked off of the the referee, and he just said play on. Yeah, and I was very surprised by that because it clearly hit him. He yeah. clearly interfered. Yeah, kind of stopped the flow. Stopped the, the flow play. of yeah. the game. Yeah, so. And I'm not sure. I'm. I guess. I guess he has the discretion to um, to say play on or to stop the ball. Okay. I, I will say this. So I was watching the game at um, Rosen Crown, which yeah. I guess I'm assuming we'll talk more about Rosen. Crown. Yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful. I want to do a live. I want to do a live viewing of Rosen Crown for we one of these episodes. So. We should do that. Yeah. So the Rosen Crown, the local bar here in Phoenix, where Liverpool fans go. We were there at five thirty this morning uh, on Saturday morning. Um, and there was a guy down the table who was kind of talking a lot, but, um, and this may or may not be true, but his, his rumor, he was saying that this official, uh, I guess all the officials in the Premier League have to list who their team is that they support. Yeah. And um, this guy in particular listed some sixth level uh, English team, yeah. that, but he's from Manchester. And uh-huh. so the conspiracy, ta- the conspiracy theory that was brewing at our table was that he's secretly a Manchester, probably United fan, Yeah, uh, really hates Liverpool, and was just doing whatever he could to thwart Liverpool Got against it. West Ham. Um, I don't know that that's true, but I'll go with it. Yeah, why not? Why not? It makes it more fun. Like, <laughs> melodramatic that's Liverpool right, fans, that's right? right? Look, conspiracy said. theories founded on nothing are always good and helpful. The other question I had, so I can't remember what goal it was, uh, the second one. So Mane, is that... Was it the Mane goal, I think, when... To me, it looked like Firmino was offsides. Yes. I mean, it, not what, it didn't look like it. I mean, he was clearly standing in yeah. offsides position. Yeah. But goal was allowed. And Tell me... So oh, the, no, maybe it was the most... Was it the most solid one? I don't remember. One of the goals... It was either Salah or Mane's yeah. goal. Um, Firmino was clearly offside, but the ball was... But he never touched the ball. Okay. So because he never touched the ball, it... Didn't count as offsides. Got it. So you can be as offsides. Whichever of those two who had scored that particular goal um, were not offsides. Okay. And so because they they all broke forward, um, the the official on the sideline waited to to raise the flag and to make sure uh, the guy who was offside didn't touch it, and he didn't. So the goal was good. Got it. Okay. All right. That's helpful. Each week, we're going to have a term of the week. Uh, I'm assuming that the vast majority of people listening to this are going to be Americans, and football has a bunch of terms that we don't use in our sports. And so, term of the week this week is the term nil. Nil. Tim, tell me what nil means in English, in American English, Mm -hmm. and then... Tell me why nil. Why do they say that that word? Well, first, I just want to say I'm really excited that you have kind of a nerdy dictionary section of the show, right? For sure. Like, I'm a this is I'm right a, up your alley. I'm a word nerd, yes. And um, but I had to do a little research on this one, mm. so I already knew nil means zero. Okay. Um, so if the score is two nothing, yes. If if an if an American neophyte football fan yes. would be tempted to say. Two nothing. You should Liverpool, say two nil. Liverpool beat West Ham for nothing. Nil. For nil. For nil. For nil. Okay. Um, you will get laughed out of any soccer bar 
if you say nothing. What if you say zero? Can you say four zero? You'll probably also get laughed at, wow. laughed out. Um, so it's just so nil is just a fancy way of saying zero. Um, Very but British. It, so Very it's, British. it comes from Latin. Okay. That's um, the same root word where you get nihilism. Okay. Which yeah, is like is. Yeah. the belief that life is meaningless. Yes. Um, so I, I would say it sounds good with a British accent. Uh-huh. It kind of sounds silly when an American says it. Like yeah. a lot of the terms I'm sure you'll be talking about on yes. this show. But Lads. you can't really take a chance. You know, if you're, if you're really trying to be serious about being a an English football fan, you've really just got to go for it. It's the same way. Like I could imagine if I'm hanging out with my buddies and I say, Oh yeah, the Niners beat the Seahawks 16 nil. Right. They would, yeah. they would get quite a chuckle. Yeah. And get ridiculed pretty strong. Yeah. If this so, were the 1950s, you would be surveyed by the FBI for un-American activities. Yes. That's for talking true. that that's way true. about American sports. But so I did see that, um, that it's not just the English who, who say some version of this word. Okay. Um, I found a forum on English language and usage, and I'm going to read you a sentence. The French and Dutch say null, the Greeks nil, Russians null, the Swedes null, the Norwegians and Germans null, and the Hungarians nulla. All right. Surprisingly, the Italians use the term zero and the Spanish cero. Cero. That makes sense. So... Why the why the English picked the Latin word? Who's mm. to say? We'll never know. Maybe, unless Who's you know, say? podcast listeners, you know, chime in. Tim, such a pleasure. Thanks for being my first guest on Football Neophyte uh, podcast. Um, you have to wait a few months to find out, uh, but I'm sure we will have you on again, probably for the Rose and Crown tour later in the season so well it's been an honor to be here and i just want you to know you'll never walk alone mm, unless you. you pick the wrong club and then, then I will. you're dead to me i will walk alone often all right. right thanks a bunch tim thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast our theme song is something elated by broke for free special thanks to virtuous crm a donor management and marketing automation software for nonprofits. Thanks so much for letting me use your mic for these recordings. You can learn more about their amazing product at virtuouscrm.com. Gabe, it doesn't give Chelsea an advantage, but I'm grateful nonetheless. Also thanks to One Mission, a community development organization giving people in poverty the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community. Thanks for letting me steal a little bit of my work week to produce these episodes. If you like these podcasts, go to onemission.org slash donate and donate to this amazing organization. 100% of your donation will go directly to projects and programs in the field and be tied directly to a family. That's onemission.org slash donate. Recording, mixing, hosting, etc., etc., is done by me, Nate Hughes. I'm not only a football neophyte, but I'm also a podcast neophyte. Stay tuned next week as we take a look at Arsenal, the Gunners. I call my team the banana team. What do you like about the banana team? Oh, you're filming me? Oh, great. Um, I like about the banana team it's because this guy has a fluffy hair and they're really good, so okay, bye-bye. <laughs>
Trexy, why do you like the blue and white? I said bye bye. Because they freeze people with their white chest and and um, and the banana team that they flip and um, yeah. Okay, bye bye.